What's up guys, it's Nate. We are back with our series on the lean canvas over at Zero to Hero. And this time we are talking about solutions. solutions. Thank you, Michael. Welcome. Yeah. We talked about problems, we've all got some problems. Now let's solve those problems. So. Oh no, Christian's in a box. <laughs> oh no. It's the solution box. We gotta get him out. That's our problem. <laughs> gotta get out of the building. <laughs> Describe that, Chris. What yeah. do you mean by that? So <laughs> we were just reading about this, but uh, it's this concept uh, where if you're looking for a solution, you need to literally get out of your office building and go out into the streets. So go and talk to people, figure out. We already talked about figuring out the problems, but figure out the solutions to those. See y'all later. And go solve some problems. Uh, he's getting out of the building, guys. <laughs> Guerrilla Marketing Nate is on it again. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. It kind of sounds probably at first glance like... Uh, duh, <laughs> like <laughs> they've got problems and need to find the solutions. But the thing is, there are so many things to get distracted with when you are starting a business or running an already existing business that you can sometimes forget what the main thing is that really you need to focus on above all other things. And when we come down to it, the thing that matters the most that if you don't have it means you don't have customers is a solution that your customers actually want. So um, this is one of those things that like, as entrepreneurs, especially the more you lean on the inventor or artist side of things, you can sometimes get blinded by your love of your solution that you've thought of that you will not realize that people don't care. So a good example is, oh gosh, I can't remember what the actual business is, but, but the business that made segues, they thought it was going to be revolutionary for business and travel. And they got like an insane amount of venture capital to go into segways, the new way of traveling. And so everyone like was walking flipping out. Future. Right. <laughs> but the thing is, and they were so proud of it. They had the, best like research and development the best engineers they made them really well they worked really well it was actually uh the disney imagineers were part of the team on it too oh wow i didn't know that yep. but yeah so it's like all this investment into the solution that they were dreaming up that's like this is going to be so great this is going to be the life-changing and then it like tanked you know and so like it was not this mass market thing it was very niche it was like uh well uh, we got a bunch of officers patrolling in our city look we'll use some segways and some people over here you know we'll use some segways but it was not gonna make back the money that they thought it was gonna make and all these investors were like well dang uh i yeah. guess we're wrong and these are smart people these are people that invested in like PayPal and Tesla and other stuff that did do really well, they were taken in by the by the passion and the beauty of the potential solution, but for a problem that people didn't care about. Yeah, so I think the next interesting step to think about with that is, so what business came after that that kind of solves that? So Lime and Bird, right? Uh, so the electric scooters, electric scooter uh -huh. rentals in big cities. So it's like, uh -huh. it's the ones where you have an app, you... Uh, you just pick up the scooter and you can ride it wherever and you just drop it off. For yeah. Well, I'd on. say you're probably even bigger than that. It's like thinking of the same problem of like transportation cities, everything else. It's like Lyft and Uber. Well, they were before Segway. Oh, they were? Yeah. Okay. Well, I got my timeline wrong, but whatever. I, I might be wrong on that. I don't know. I, I was thinking about it more from the angle of um, if a anyone who's listening to this who have, has like a, a a child in their life um who's like around like the like 10 to 13 year old oh, range will know yeah. about this uh the hoverboard yeah. which is just the segue with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how like they were just going for the wrong demographic they should have been targeting kids yeah. <laughs> oh. 
problem was boredom and actually not having transportation because you're too young to do anything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so, and I think it's important to rem uh, think about, it's not solution, it's solutions. Uh, so there's an S at the end, which you know, could just be how they put it. But um, so determining, so each problem that you figure out for your business can have multiple solutions. Uh, and sometimes your solutions aren't gonna be good, but sometimes it's just, depending on the situation of the person that's experiencing the problem, they might need a different solution for that day. For example, one of our problems at Becaffeinated is people are tired. Uh, sometimes people get, uh, you know, coffee with caffeine in it. Sometimes they just need a lot of sugar to hype them up. Uh, sometimes they don't want coffee, but rather like a tea or a matcha, which still has caffeine in it, but it's a little different. Um, and so that's part of it. But the other part is a lot of people are invigorated by a good interpersonal relationship. And so I would argue from what I've seen, a lot of our customers get more energy from the interaction at the window than they do the drink itself. Um, which like, I mean, that's, you know, the Chick-fil-A thing yeah. and, you know, just, you know, really good customer service a lot of times can be its own solution without it being like intentional, which a lot of times it isn't intentional, but, um, so, yeah, so breaking down your problems into all the solutions and always pushing the envelope on, even though this is the way we've always done it with a solution, could we do it better? Could we do it different? Is that still the same problem? Is the same solution still the right solution? Again, we'll bring up Blockbuster. Their solution was good for a really long time. It was the best for a really long time, and then it wasn't. They had the opportunity to buy Netflix, and they didn't. Um, and then their solution became, you know, moot and uh, out of date and extinct. So just yeah. challenging yourself and moving along. Yeah, I'll say to connect this back to the last episode where we talked about revenue streams, having that idea of the you are the network channel NBC and you're casting out a lot of pilot episodes and series in the same way you can be thinking of as you're building those streams, just staying really solutions focused, like what are the problems your people are facing, what solutions need to go towards them, and you're throwing those lines out to see what's going to be well received. You may have something that really works for what people are actually needing. So a good example is back to my guitar teaching days. There's knowledge and stuff that I had that if your goal is to get better at guitar, do these things and it's going to work. But when I would market that to people, uh, they were like, oh, that sounds horrible. It's like a lot of work. I got to learn this and learn this and practice a bunch. So instead, I spoke to the solution that they wanted and was, hey, we're going to have a fun time and we're gonna, you're going to learn and get good. And then later on, we walked into the rest of the part. But they had to have those things. And so I had to figure out, like, how do I make each time that we teach, uh, each time that they're sitting down to learn with me, super fun, super easy, and they walk away and they know what to do. And it doesn't feel overwhelming. And the, the actual core solution itself that just works is just the, like, hard stuff. <laughs> but I had to add in the extra pieces to make it a solution they would actually love. And that's, a, I think, a big lesson for all of us to just keep focusing on. It's not just that it works or not, but it's are they willing to take the medicine? <laughs> well, I think uh, going back to one of, of our, sugar. one of our other episodes that we talked about with the um, unreasonable hospitality, which may or may not be out by the time this comes out, but um, we talk about the difference between um, service and hospitality and how service is kind of the binary black and white. It's the, the transactional relationship with the customer. And it's just, you know, every business ever has service. Um, and then the hospitality component is how the person feels at the end. It's the colors of it. Um, 
so I'd argue that really good solutions don't just answer the service side of it, but they answer the hospitality part. So like with Becaffeinated, uh, my goal is for our customers to, at the end of the experience, not just feel like they got their coffee, that they got it quickly and that it tastes pretty good, but that they mattered, that they were valued, that the person at the drive-thru wasn't just trying to get them through as quickly as they could, but that, you know, for that 60 seconds or three minutes or whatever it is, like they're the only people that matter to them right then. I mean, that's that extra component. So what Michael was saying where, you know, with guitar and voice or whatever, like anyone, well, not anyone, but any guitar and voice teacher can theoretically do the service real uh, transactional aspect of it. But the best ones are the hospitality side or that, that little something extra where it's, it affects how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really the the strongest difference. I mean, that's, it's, you know, one-on-one in marketing, but if you can convey the feelings to people and, you know, uh, one of Simon Sinek's famous quotes is uh, MLK didn't have, it was the, have, I have a dream speech, not the, I have a plan speech. Um, and so, you know, with the solutions, if you can talk about the dream and, you know, uh, painting the picture of how they'll feel after they've gone through the solution and they've solved that problem, that's how you really get them to engage with you rather than, you know, Hey, I have a computer. Do you want to buy it? It's, Hey, aren't you tired of not being able to ever like download videos really fast and do all this really mm-hmm. cool editing stuff? Well, then I've got the computer for you. Like it's very different yeah. messaging. Okay. Small, small thing. This will, this will be my tip for the end of the episode and then they'll give their individual tips for how to do this better too. My tip is actually exactly what you were talking about of, uh, for the guitar teaching stuff. It wasn't just that I was saying the things they wanted to hear on the the macro side, but I was thinking per, per little lesson I was teaching them, how can they walk away and better enjoy the solution? And my, whenever like a student for, for a couple of weeks wasn't doing the, the homework and wasn't making progress, I had to iterate on how I was solving for that student. How can I make them enjoy doing this stuff enough that they'll do it more? So it's like really looking at each step of the process of taking your customer from not knowing about you to really loving the whole experience of the solution and having the result. So how can you reinforce, it sounds weird maybe, but like reinforce good behavior and reward it each step of the way towards them enjoying that solution. I mean, it's removing points of friction. Yeah. And it's not, it's having not stupid instructions on the <laughs> things you buy. I bought a stationary bike and what the freaking hell, it was like the worst instructions I've seen in my entire <laughs> life. Oh, I showed wow. people and it was like, you had to be an astronaut to be able to do this. And so it took me like four hours and thank, thank God for the random person I found on YouTube that made it easy, which is what the company should have done. Mm-hmm. That, sorry, I got, you I got, have a, negative I got a little annoyed right. That was a solution I didn't like. You have a negative <laughs> feeling right now about it. Whereas yeah. if it had been their video that you'd found, you'd have been like, oh, I'm glad. Yeah, they, they thought of me moves. throughout this whole part. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that's perfect because that goes right into what I was thinking, which is if you're having trouble like seeing solutions um, that you can come up with, go into the shoes of your customer and walk through the process. Do what we call a customer audit, where you actually see what their experience is like. And you can pretty quickly see issues they didn't even know were there. Uh, a big one that we've been doing over at our North Shore location, Becaffeinated, that's our only location that has sit-down spots. So we've been really working to try to make it look a little nicer there. And a big thing we did recently was uh, Doug, one of the owners, he created basically a little like walkway through it. 
and just something really small. It was partly that we wanted to do it, make things look nicer. And also just, I think Doug just wanted to do it because he's been making lots of concrete stuff lately. Mm. And literally yesterday I'm walking over to the shop and a person from me, I watch this, they went, oh wow, that's so cute. And then they walk on the pathway over to be caffeinated, big smile on their face while they go in. Mm. I'm, I'm one of those people <laughs> like for, for me, when I get to see a little path like that and I, I go off of the regular path, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. excitement, adventure, <laughs> even though it's tiny, it's nice. Yeah. Uh, and I think that kind of gets into, uh, let me find the episode, but so Simon Sinek has a podcast as well called a bit of optimism. Um, and one of their recent episodes was where they talk about, um, the unreasonable hospitality and uh, it's with Will Godara um, who is a New York restaurateur. Yeah. So he took over 11 Madison park and turned into one of the best restaurants in the world by making their hospitality unreasonable. And so like solutions, like we said, can be very, uh, you know, shallow skin level, skin deep, like, Yes, I'm technically solving that problem. But if you can not only solve the problem, but enhance that experience and make them at the end feel like, wow, that was way more than I expected and really cool and really awesome. Like that's a completely different thing. So my tip would be come up with a good solution. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, no, I mean, like kind of like Nate said, get into your customer's shoes. You probably shouldn't steal them, but maybe borrow them, give them back. Um, but there's this concept. So everyone knows what critical thinking is something that I didn't know about until one of my college classes is called creative thinking. And it's basically brainstorming with no wrong answers. So just have your problem at the top and just spend, I don't know, five or 10 minutes just coming up with as many, literally as many ideas as you can as possible. Um, try and get 50 or a hundred if you can put them on little sticky notes. Uh, and then you can, the next step is to kind of group them based on what it is. So, you know, this group is generally about this part of the problem. This is about this part of the problem and then kind of go through those and okay, what do these have in common? And then how can I break those further? And then eventually you might actually come to an idea where like, huh, you know, a food truck for insurance doesn't make sense. But what if I had a mobile insurance van where I have basically an insurance office on the go where I can like, you know, do this full in-depth uh, proposal for people at their establishment and I walk through it, you know, and so it starts off as food, like insurance sales. I have this problem. Oh, food truck, waffles, you know, whatever. And then it ends up in this really cool concept that you never would have thought of if you were allowed to say no. So. Yeah. yeah, get creative. That already that makes me think like, what if it, what if it was for the insurance person? It's not only the van, but they kept the food part, but just as part of what makes the solution great. <laughs> so they walk in. It's like the promise is, by the time you fill out all these documents, you'll have had like a four course meal and a beautiful, amazing dessert. You're gonna walk away full happy and glad that you have set into motion the rest of your life's insecurity in, in terms of not having to worry about insurance ever again. You walk away full of information and full yeah. of food. Yeah. <laughs> like that. I mean, if I heard that, I'd be like, okay, dang, I may have to do yeah. that. Yeah. I'll get a quote. <laughs> so solutions. 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 I salute your solutions. Bye. Bye.